0: Welcome back to Daf HaShavuah. This week we're going to be learning Mesechas Ksubos, Daf Yud in which we have a lot of discussion about the uh, the monetary value of a particular Ksuba, depending on whether or not the Kala who comes to the wedding is a Be'ula, somebody who already has had relations uh, prior to this particular wedding, or a Besula, somebody would qualify and identify as a uh, as a virgin, and uh, what their ksubos are going to be worth and be valued at. So the Gemara at the bottom of Daf from and Bayi tells us about a particular case where a husband takes a wife to get married, and there are witnesses that there was never yichud uh, in a previous um, in a previous marriage, or there was yichud, but there are witnesses that the yichud that this couple had previously, or really that this. Uh, that this, uh, that this woman had previously was not what we would define as Yechur haro'i Labia. Yechur is defined as a, uh, seclusion that would allow, uh, for a maisa tumma, for a, uh, for a relationship to really take place, for a real, physical relationship to take place. And therefore, if this, uh, woman didn't have Yechur Harooi in a previous relationship, are we able, Uh, to assume that that marriage uh, was a full-fledged marriage and that marriage was actually consummated uh, when she had this uh, when she had this prior relationship. So the Gemara says that it's as if the nisuin took full effect and the previous marriage uh, was a full-fledged marriage and they were fully married. So Tosos in our Masechta in Dira Shiny asks, what do we do with these particular witnesses? So Tosos describes the fact that these witnesses that came and testified that the edim that were me'idim shel nivela nivola, so are we not going to be uh, are we not going to be reliant on these Adem who described the fact that uh, that she wasn't uh, in a state in which she could have had uh, a bia with this man so do we just throw out these Adim and Tosos answers that we simply can't rely on these witnesses because perhaps they really want to do anything in their power for her? uh, for this woman to be able to get remarried. So therefore they'll, uh, go ahead and they'll put forth claims. Uh, and the claims might not necessarily, uh, be all, uh, Genuine, and as a result, the witnesses and the testimony from that particular um, piece of, uh, of testimony are going to get thrown out. The Ramban asks a similar question, and the Ramban says that since this woman had had a Nisuin, so she loses uh, the chain, she loses this like uh, aura about her. And once a woman has Nisuin, so she's uh, then placed into a category of Somebody who's a uh, post Nisuin and she's viewed as a Ba'ula regardless, and therefore the uh, the Ksuba is going to be viewed as if this woman is considered to be a Ba'ula as a result of the lack of Chain that a Uh, that a b'sula would have. So there's a question about how long um, a person must be uh, in an area in order for us to uh, assume that they are fully married, that the marriage is able to uh, officially take effect. And based on this previous suggestion that this couple did not have, what we referred to as a yichud harayi labia, the question is, is how long a person must stay in a room to violate in iser yichud. So if we think about practical examples. So if a person thinks about the way that an elevator operates. So a person could come to the conclusion that if a person uh, is in an elevator with somebody of the opposite gender, so that would be a violation of Yichud. However, when it comes to an elevator and uh, quite a few other situations, so there's simply not enough time for there to be Yichud. And in addition to the fact that the elevator uh, in that example, can open on any floor at any given time. So as a result, that would not fall into the category of whereas there are other situations uh, that would fall into the category of Yichud HaRoi Libia, And therefore, we uh, we uh, are uh, prohibited from being in a state of Yichud with somebody for the amount of time that would uh, would uh, be the amount of time that a person could have a physical relationship with. And then the Gemara goes on to discuss how much a woman's Ksuba is going to be, uh, depending on whether she is a besula, an Almana, a Grusha, or a Chaluta from Uh, Chalutza from Nisuin. The next Mishnah presents us with another case in which the Chassin cannot, uh, uh, doesn't know necessarily about his Kala's Besula status and uh, what is. Uh, what is uh, you know how are we to determine whether or not she is considered to be a besula? And really, on this uh, on this uh, on this Mishnah, we have a uh, a very valid question in terms of the pagam. What is the problem with a woman who is a B'ula? Why is a woman who is a B'ula who already has had a relationship? So, what is the nature of her ksuba being uh, only a mana and not uh, not uh, two hundred zuz and um, we have a fascinating comment that the Chobas makes over here. And the Chobas points out that the Begam is in the man, the husband, having a taina that he wanted to be married to a Besula, And he wanted to feel like, to quote the language of the Chobas Yair, he was toim tam Besula. That there's something special and something unique about having a relationship with a woman who is a Besula, And therefore, according to the Chobas Yair, he's not going to get that. And as a result of him not getting that, her Ksuba is going to uh, be uh, decreased. So there is a tshuva that's written by the Kleisenberger Rebbe in the Sefer Divrei Yatsiv, and he asks the following, and he wonders what happens if a woman uh, loses her ksuba, uh, sorry, loses her besulim, uh, whether naturally or unnaturally, uh, and then the woman has her besulim uh, surgically reconstructed, and it feels like uh, she is a besula yet again. It happens to be a surgery that's called like a hymenoplasty, and basically uh, that is a um, that is a situation that. Could happen in a uh, in a uh, scenario in which, let's say, we have a bal- balas tshuva, a woman who's a balas tshuva, and she uh, has had a relationship prior, perhaps with a uh, maybe with a non Jew or with somebody else, and she wants to uh, start again. She wants to have this uh, this fresh start in her world of uh, abiding by halacha. So what would be the status uh, of this woman vis-à-vis the Ksuba that she uh, that she would receive? And would that change the halacha, which is the question that the Divrayats of the Kleisenberger Rebbe deals with? And then the Gemara goes on to some of the uh, elaborate um, conversations about, uh, about Ksuba, about Be'ula, and about... Um, and about uh, the world of a uh, the world of a besula. The rush in our Mesechta has a fascinating comment over here. In the rush in os tesvav in meseches ksubos in the first parak describes that there actually used to be a bracha that was said when the psalm of a woman was broken. Now we know that uh, when this happens, that is a fulfillment uh, of a mitzvah of, um, of Nisu and according to many Rishonim, that when the psalm are going to be broken, so that is the uh, the consummation of the marriage, that is the fulfillment of the biya, that the gemara, that the Mishnayos describe uh, in order to uh, be a uh, mekadesh in Isha. And the rush asks the following thing. Well, really not asks, but Suggests the following thing, and the rush says that there is a bracha on the bsulim that the uh, that the bahag described, and uh, he goes through the bracha. And the conclusion of the bracha is Baruch Haboker b'zaro Shel Avraham, that uh, we thank Hashem for being for choosing us to be amongst the Zerah of Avraham, the offspring of Avraham. And then the rush writes Yesher Shabracha Zu Teknu Ahag Onim Acher Shematzah Bsulim. So uh, the geonim were uh, were of this approach, were of this opinion. However, it happens to be that the Torah quotes this uh, this uh, this bracha as being halacha lemaisa, and the Bach on the point, uh, on the spot, however, points out that there's another comment that the Rush makes in the Gemara in Kiddushin, uh, where the uh, where the Rush describes the following, and the Rush says that when we have a bracha that doesn't appear in Chazal, so the Rush writes. Uh, the following u tzarfad, u lonagu, that in Sarfat and in Ashkenaz they would never say this bracha. So if there's a bracha, says the Rush, that doesn't appear in uh, the Gemara, so that's not a bracha that we're going to. Uh, that's not a bracha that we're going to say. And as a result, uh, this bracha does not appear uh, in the Gemara. It does not appear in Chazal. So why would we? Uh, why would we go ahead and say it? So the Rush and the one in the one on the one hand, in Mesechas Ksubos quotes that we do make this bracha uh, on the uh, on the um, the breaking of the besulim. Whereas in the Gemara in Kedushin, the Rash says that we would not make this bracha on this uh, on this Gemara in Kiddush on this uh, on this breaking of the besulim. So there are a few different ways that we are able to get out of this. It happens to be that there is a suggestion of the Bach that since we don't say this bracha b'shemu b'malchus, so. Perhaps it's not a full-fledged bracha, and it wouldn't fall uh, under that category. But uh, nonetheless, there is a discussion over here with regards to this bracha that was made when the besulim are going to be broken. Now, when it comes to this topic of making a bracha that doesn't appear in Chazal, it doesn't appear in Mishnayos or in Tosefta, in Gemara, there are some other brachos that we make that aren't in the Gemara either. There's a bracha that we make of Hanosein L'Yayif Kolach, in the Torah, in in uh, Simon Memvav. He quotes that in the Sidure Ashkenaz we have a bracha Hashem Elokeinu olam, Hanosein Koach that the bracha the last bracha of the Birch Sashachar that we make of Hanosein LaYayif Koach so uh, it happens to be a beautiful bracha and the rush go, uh, the Torah sorry goes on the Torah the father of the rush goes on to describe the uh, the nature of that bracha and why that bracha is so special with a very flowery and poetic language that a person goes ahead and a person uh, deposits his neshama in the uh, in the hand of Hu, and when a person deposits his neshama in the hands of Hashem, so the neshama goes back up to Shemayim, and the neshama is is ayeif Meyavoda Kasha, It's tired from working very hard, and uh, he's returned his neshama in the morning, shakta Vishalva, with a sense of serenity and calmness and quiet, and uh, and as a result, the uh, the uh, the bracha of uh, of Hanosei LaYayiv koach is going to be made upon the return. Uh, of the uh, of the Neshama. Another bracha that would fall under this category is the bracha of Baruch Sheptarani Mi Onsho Shalzu. This bracha does appear uh, in a medrash, but nowhere does it appear uh, in the Gemara or in the Mishnayas. And the Ramah says that, uh, and we Pascha nowadays, that we don't use the Shema Malchus when it comes to the Baruch of Baruch Pcharani Meontrashalzu, and uh, and perhaps the suggestion is is that since this is not a bracha that appears uh, in the Gemara, so we're not going to use uh, the name of Akarish Baruch to go ahead and to make this bracha. So the next mission on the bottom of Yud Be and Aleph goes back to determine the value uh, of the Ksuba, and the Mishnah says that in the case of the Almana, which we know where Ksuba is going to be, a mana is going to be one hundred. Uh, but there's a question that's dealt with in the postgame. Let's say uh, a girl is not a basula, and this is a very, uh, you know, uh, not so common, but definitely could potentially take place, like we suggested earlier uh, in the uh, the Shaila of the Divrei yatsiv. But let's say we have a girl who isn't a besoula. So are we able to write on her ksuba that she is a basula? Obviously, we want to avoid uh, embarrassing her in public when that ksuba is read between the Nisuin and the the irisin and the Nisuin. So... We want the uh the Ksuba to read that this girl is a Basula. So the min is, is that we are able to change it. But uh the problem would then arise should she have been Nivala to somebody who was puzzle. So let's say she had a prior relationship uh with a uh with a non-Jew or with a Kohen. So that would be a problem uh if she wanted to marry a Kohen later on in life, should there be a uh should there be a uh a situation in that were uh, in which that were to take place? Uh and therefore uh in certain Ksubas, there is the ability to make sure that in a very discreet way, uh, it's known to anybody that's going to be a Masadar Kedushin that uh, there was something uh, fishy, shall we say, that was going on with a previous uh, relationship. And as a result, uh, the Masadar Kedushin should proceed with caution and should do his due diligence uh, to go ahead and to check into this particular uh, case. The next mission discusses the role that kala is going to play in her establishing herself as a basula. And the Mishnah presents us uh, with a case where a man marries a woman who is a basula. She claims that she was a basula at the time of Kedushin, but perhaps after uh, the Kedushin, she was uh, coerced. Uh, And the Mishnah describes that that's going to be his loss, and she's going to be entitled to the full ksuba of 200 zuz. He then claims that perhaps she wasn't a basula. At the time of kedushin, because she uh, had a relationship, he claims before the kedushin, and it was an erroneous kedushin. The mekachtos, there was a kedushin that never should have gotten off the ground, and therefore, um, and therefore, uh, you know, she, uh, she. Uh, she shouldn't be entitled to, uh, to the full ksuba that she, uh, that, uh, that she would generally deserve. So this is a machlokas in the Gemara and Rabbi Shimon in the Mishnah. Rabbi Shema and Rabbi Eliezer say that her taina is an accepted taina based on a Talmudic principle that we have of bari v'shema, bari yadich. When we have somebody who is a certain and we have somebody who says uh, perhaps something happened. So the certain claim is going to be preferable. And Rabbi Yoshua says uh, on the flip side, as opposed to Rabbi Shemem Gavliyad Rabbi that her taina is not going to be accepted unless she has the ability to go ahead and to prove her claim. I guess, would it be with a uh, with a Shavua, perhaps with Edim? And rather, she's considered to already have been a beula before Kedushin. And she uh, ultimately deceived him. The Gemara then goes on to give numerous explanations for this uh, particular machlokes between Rabbi Gamliel and uh, Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Eliezer on the one side and Rabbi Yehoshua on the other side. There is a fascinating question that uh, appears, what would a uh, Dafa Shavua shir be without a question, a Shailah of the Chashuke chamer and the Chashuke Chemed of the great Rav the great Posek of the city of Ben Brak in uh, his Sefer Chasuk Gehemer on page Kuf Yud Dalid asks the following question, and the question goes uh, as follows. And obviously, uh Ko B'Kodesh, the way that Rav Zilberstein describes uh, his questions and his applications of particular Gemaras, so we have a situation over here in which, uh, in which Ruuvein is a store owner, and Ruuvein goes to Shimon, and Ruuvein says to Shimon, uh, "You know, uh, you owe me some money." Why do you owe me money? So the Shaila reads, So his wife, Shimon's wife, went into the store. She got what she needed. And, uh, and she never paid for it. The interesting thing over here and the uh, the caveat over here to this case is that Shimon, the husband of this woman who is uh, suspected of stealing, he knows that his wife is, uh, unfortunately, uh, the way that our Zilberstein describes it, a kleptomaniac. She suffers from the machala of Genevos. She's a thief. So she often goes ahead and she often steals. And, uh, and uh, the, uh, the taina is made by the store owner to Shimon that his wife stole. So Shimon obviously goes home and Shimon asks his wife, uh, you know, what happened in, uh, in Ruvain's store? Did you steal anything? And she, in a state of Bari, in a state of being certain and uh, overwhelmingly confident, so she says, absolutely not. I didn't steal anything whatsoever. Everything that I took and everything that I have is uh, is mine and belongs to me. And the question then becomes, who is uh, going to, uh, to uh, is, is this couple, uh, our Ruvain, our uh, Shimon and his wife, going to have to pay back for what they allegedly, what she uh, allegedly, uh, what she allegedly stole. So, Zilberstein quotes our Gemara of Bari V'shemah. He uh, is Shema, Right? Uh, uh, so the 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 husband is Shema. He doesn't really know if she stole and she is Bari. She claims that, uh, you know, for sure, I know for sure that I didn't steal. And the Gemara over here describes that when it comes to uh, Dine Mamonos, that a, bud, uh, a Bari, a case of somebody who knows for certain what happened, doesn't win out over a case of Shema unless there is proof. Nevertheless, because the wife over here is a known kleptomaniac, says R. Zilberstein, the husband would have to go ahead and the husband would have to pay but there is a caveat to this case and it's not uh so uh, it's not so clear that this is the uh going to be the uh, psak in all situations uh, you know all situations in this particular case where we have a woman who is a kleptomaniac because resuberstein is uh is uh is sensitive to the fact that should there be uh should there be a case of uh of uh, of a woman like this who is a kleptomaniac it is possible that every ruven, every store owner can go ahead and say that she stole and if the store owner is always going to get their money so they can abuse that uh that uh you know that um uh unfortunate uh reality that this woman fought, finds herself in of being a uh, of being a thief of being a kleptomaniac so Zilberstein describes that in our uh, in our situation so uh unless there's a shvua that's going to be taken and unless uh there are edim that can prove that she did uh, go ahead and steal so she is not going to be um uh, 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 we are not going to have to, uh, we're not going to be able to extract money from her. So should we want to take the money from her? So the store owner would have to give real genuine proof that the, uh, that the woman went ahead and stole, just saying that she's a kleptomaniac. And uh, we know that she's a, uh, a notorious kleptomaniac, uh, you know, and therefore she for sure owes me the money. So that would not be uh, sufficient to get the money. And uh, perhaps we would make the store owner go ahead and take a, uh, and take a Shavuah over here. And as the Gemara concludes over here, we're introduced to a few of the Shavuos that we, uh, that we have on different levels of, uh, of, uh, of severity. Uh, specifically a Shavuah that's referred to uh, as a Shavuah's hesis that's going to be, uh, that's going to be elaborated on over the course of the next, uh, over the course of the next daf and throughout the, uh, the next few daf, uh, in our Mesechta. But as we make our way through Daf uh, Yud in Meseches Ksuba, so we have all of these conversations about a bula about a Besula, about the uh, amount that the Ksuba is going to be worth in the uh, various situations that the Gemara presents us with, followed by the uh, the real conversation of Bari Veshema Bari Adif and uh, what that means practically in Halacha L'Maisa. This great Shaila from chashuge Chemed from Rivitz Zilbershtim, and ultimately into the topic of the that, uh, that a person would have to take in a situation that based him would require him to go ahead and to make a Shavua. That is, Psechas Ksubos Daf base.